Hey, well, I'm really glad you're here today. We're starting a new series called The Songs of Christmas. Uh, you probably don't know this. I didn't know it until yesterday. In 2012, the American music industry generated $15 billion worth of income. In 2012, three years ago, $15 billion worth of income off songs and music. So the music industry is a giant thing, and according to American spending, it's a really, really big deal to our life. Songs are powerful. They cause us to feel. They pull emotion out of us that, that may not have been unearthed until we hear a song. They help us put our thoughts and feelings into words. Songs celebrate. Songs lament. They reflect. They tell stories. Songs inspire. Songs unite us. Songs move us to great emotion. So I thought this morning that I would just give you a couple of examples of songs that I thought you would recognize or that would move us to great emotion. So for example, uh, music has the ability to excite gr a great emotion. That's why you can't go to a sporting event without hearing music. You know, they're, they're pumping the music. You go to an NBA game, and man, the whole gym is just bouncing, right? Because they got all the music going on. So I thought I might bring a couple that you'd recognize uh, from a sporting event. Go ahead, go ahead and play the first one. Anybody recognize? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, I know what you did yesterday. Anybody recognize that song? All right, what's this one? Anybody recognize this one? All right, all right, honestly, how many of you don't recognize either one of those songs? You're not from around here. That's what that means. Two weeks after 9-11, uh, September of uh, 2001, when... Uh, the terrorists attacked America. Major League Baseball was in a dilemma trying to decide how long do we grieve and when do we start playing games again. And so, you know, as, as would be appropriate, Major League Baseball decided they would play their first game in New York City. Maybe you remember this, uh, in, after 9-11. And since that moment, they began to sing a song during the seventh inning stretch uh, so if you go to any Major League Baseball game today, during the seven-inning stretch, it hadn't always been true, but since 9-11, the fans will stand during the seventh-inning stretch and sing this song. God bless America, land And song is powerful. Maybe you remember back in 2009, the biggest hit in pop music at the time. I, I want you just to listen for a minute, but try not to try not to tap your foot. I dare you to try not to move somehow when the biggest pop hit of 2009 plays. Go ahead. I got a feeling. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah! That tonight's gonna Makes be you happy, a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good, good night. Yeah. In 1998, uh, I was leading a mission team to Argentina, and with an obvious language barrier, we had to uh, do uh, human videos and mimes. We were doing street ministry. And we had to rely on other ways to communicate other than words because we didn't know Spanish. And so we had these uh, very elaborate uh, mimes and human videos. This one mime, we were trying to depict, you know, how do we say that there's a romantic moment in this human video and to, and to kind of show that um, this person uh, was, was attracted to this person and then their heart got you know, uh, torn away. Their heart got broke. How do we sort of, how do we set the mood for that, that it's going to happen with these moms? And so we decided that there's a song that we try to play. Now we're 7,000 miles from home, right? So we have no idea if anybody's even going to recognize this in a park in Buenos Aires. But we played it, and every time we played it, we had a huge response, people clapping and laughing. Here's a song we played uh, to, to commemorate romance. Right, now here's the, here's the last one, last but not least. If you have any inner redneck hiding in you, this song will bring it out. Oh yeah, come on now, come on now, somebody! Right? Oh yeah, you want to clap, you know you do. Go ahead and let it go. Right? All right. We're starting this new series called The Songs of Christmas. All over the world this morning, people sang Christmas songs, or they started to. This season, all over the world, people will sing Christmas songs. There'll be carolers caroling. There'll be choirs and children's groups preparing for some kind of display of holiday music, and so much of the Christmas story, contemporary and original, comes to us in song. It comes through the medium of song. The Bible tells us about four songs that came during the Christmas season. The first one was Mary, when she found out she was going to be the mother of Jesus, she sang a song. Now, we don't read these songs this way because when we read Scripture, it's flat and one-dimensional. It's just words. And you've probably read through a lot of songs in the Bible, didn't even know they were songs because they just look like words. There's no music to them, not that we can hear. And so uh, this is a song that Mary sang. When Zechariah's son was born, John, who was the forerunner of Jesus, uh, Zechariah sang a song. When Jesus was born, the Bible tells us that angels appeared at, the, at that scene and sang a song. God promised a man named Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw Jesus. 
And one day when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple, uh, Simeon saw them there, and he took the baby Jesus into his arms as God had promised. He wouldn't die until he saw Jesus. And when he took Jesus into his arms as a baby, he sang a song. Now, those songs say something to us. In the next few weeks, we're going to look at all four songs. But before we look at the songs, the thing that I wanted to focus on today is, why song? Why, why does it come through a song? Why not, why not a different medium? Why, why won't just words do? And so this morning, we're going to look a little bit deeper than normal. And what we say today is going to set the tone for the whole series. I thought it would be an injustice to, to the process of God to, to look at the songs but not consider the method. Why songs? What God says is important. What God does is important. But the way God does things is as important as the first two. We talk about Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. And we talk a lot about the truth and the life but not much about the way. But the way God does things is as important as what he says or does. So why song? Why do so many of these things come to us in the form of song? Why is it that every church in the world, in every culture on earth, in all time periods, when they gather together, they sing? Why is that? Who decided that? Like, who, was there a meeting somewhere I missed? When we're together, I've been, I've been in uh, several countries. I've been in dozens of church services in other languages, that, uh, uh, groups that I don't recognize. I don't know the language. And every one of them have the same thing in common. When they gather together, they all sing. They always sing. Why do they do that? Why, why, why song? Why is singing part of the Christian experience? So this morning, if you have something to write with, I just want to give you a few notes, a few thoughts that will, that will bring us right to the front of this series and understand the content. We'll be looking next few weeks at the content of the songs. But I, but I didn't want to just pass over the fact that it, that it is in song that these things came to us. Now, when I say song... I, I, it's almost like when we did our series on the table, if you were here during that time period. It's not the piece of furniture. It's the concept. It's the deeper reality that gathering together with people and connecting with people, connecting with family, having space for relationships to grow is an inherently spiritual thing. In the same way, song, I don't just mean sound, I don't just mean music. But somehow when we gather together under the banner of Jesus Christ and we sing, there is something fundamentally important about that and fundamentally life-changing about it. And so as these, as these great Christmas theologies come to us through song, I just wanted to look today at the, at the method by which they come. So here's the first thought I want to give you. Song is as old as creation... And will outlast it. Uh, in Job 38, God is kind of reminding Job that when he created the earth, he wasn't there. <laughs> That's what he was reminding him of. But we get some theology here about the song in God's conversation with Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? 
on what were its footing set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Song is as old as creation and was interwoven into the organic fabric of what God made. It will also outlast creation. In Revelation 5.13, the Bible says, when, we, when this earth is over and we're all in heaven together, all of God's children are together in heaven, this is what's going to happen. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God's persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And a loud voice were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. So what is, what is song? Song is an invitation to know God. That's what song is. It's an invitation to know God. It's an invitation to connect with Him in a deeper way. To participate in the way God made things. That's what song is. It's, it's an invitation to... to to participate in the way God made things. Like nothing else, songs are capable of invoking powerful emotions as we displayed a minute ago. Songs can make us laugh. They can make us cry. They can make us feel romantic. We sing lullabies to our babies as we're trying to get them off to sleep at night. Before sporting event, events, we sing the national anthem. Songs can tell stories, songs reduce stress, songs move us to stand or march or dance, songs can bring back good and bad memories, songs declare our deeply felt belief, song can express both joy and pain, and somehow songs reach into the very center of human existence, songs probe around to see what's on the inside of us. Songs, let me give you a Disney metaphor, songs are like the fast pass to the soul. They bypass a lot of the other processes and grab right for the heart. They help us find God and connect with Him. Now, by this point, some of you uh, who uh, may be thinking, I'll see you in January. I hate this series. I can't sing. Like, I can't sing either. And the next four weeks, we're not going to be talking about songs. We're going to be talking about what God brought to us through song. But look, I can't sing either. So uh, the point of the series isn't you ought to become a better singer. I've got a claim to fame when it comes to singing. Here's my claim to fame. I know one or two lines from every song ever written on earth. I don't know one complete song anywhere. Like the radio comes up, oh, leave it there. I start making up a language. Anybody do that? Anybody don't know the words? Like, like, and then I go, oh, yeah. Well, I'll jump in there in about four words that I don't, I don't know the rest. Nah, let's turn it. I'll wear the scan button out in the car. Nah, I'm not doing that. Why? Because it's, it's, like, it's like driving with a schizophrenic singer. I'm like, all of them out. I love to sing, but I can't sing. 
And have you ever been in one of those moments when you hear someone sing, like, powerfully? And I keep thinking that if I could just do that once, like if I could just stand in an auditorium that's jam-packed and just lay it down, I'm talking about just slay it, just kill it, just sing. I feel like there's something on the inside that's been needing to get out that would just get out. Anybody ever had that feeling? You hear somebody sing, go, oh, I wish I could sing like that. One time, one time I wish I could just, I got a feeling it wouldn't be one time, but I would love to just do it at least once. I think I would feel better. But songs aren't about talent. They're about connecting to God, and they're about connecting to the church. When we sing together, we share something that every church on earth has been sharing this very day. You sing with over a billion people to the same God, for the same purpose, with the same heart and the same idea. We are connected in that way in the body of Christ all over the earth. So as we look at these four songs and celebrate Christmas, the fact that so much of the Christmas story comes through song means something. The Christmas story is inspiring. It's supernatural. It's life-changing. Could there be a greater miracle than God himself coming in the form of a human life. Three of the four songs, the Christmas songs in Scripture, have to do with the birth of a baby. And the fourth one is Simeon recognizing that the baby's been born. This miracle comes to us wrapped in a lot of song. So song is as old as creation, and it will last beyond it. Here's the second thought. Song is scattered throughout history. Did you know that there's 185 songs in the Bible? Uh, and there are three song books, Psalms, Song of Solomon, Lamentations. All three of those books of the Bible are basically song books, and they contain most of the songs in the Bible, but not all of them. There are songs scattered all over the Bible. In the New Testament, there's 11 songs. Guarantee you, if you've read much of the New Testament, you've read many of them and probably don't even know it. The church has always used song to connect to God and, and it even has helped the church endure some of the worst moments in history. There's a song in the New Testament that early Christians used to sing when they were put in prison or, or when they were about to face martyrdom. When they were about to be killed for their faith, there's a, there's a song in the New Testament that those early Christians used to sing to help give them the courage to die for Christ and to not turn their back on Him and, and to not deny their faith. And uh, here's the song. 2 Timothy 2, 11-13. I want you to think for a minute about the hundreds of Christians who lost their life in Roman Colosseums who sing this song. If we died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure... We will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Man, that makes that whole scripture come alive, doesn't it? When you know that the martyrs of the church... I wonder what the martyrs in the Middle East are singing today. I wonder, I wonder what their rally cries become. God's songs reveal His character, they reveal His mercy, they reveal His promises. 
One of the most famous pieces of Christian music ever written is Handel's Messiah. You've heard of, how many of you heard of Handel's Messiah? Yes? Handel was a very talented composer, uh, but he could never catch a break. So he moved from uh, Germany to Italy to London. Uh, he finally had a stroke. He went blind in one eye. He was unable to conduct an orchestra anymore or even play the piano since the right side of his uh, body had been uh, harmed, incapacitated by the stroke. Finally, he was broke. He was sick. He was depressed. So guess what he did? He started reading the Bible. And when he started reading the Bible, he became inspired to compose a musical about the Messiah. He shut himself in in the summer of 1741. And he, and he wrote uh, and produced the Messiah. Now, most of us would recognize the famous song as the Hallelujah Chorus. Remember that? He shall reign forever and ever and ever. Remember all that? He shall reign forever. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is Handel in 1741 that wrote this. When King George heard it, he stood to his feet in honor of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, history tells us. Handel's assistant said that Handel finished the Hallelujah course. When he finished it, he walked in the room and found Handel on the ground in tears, crying his eyes out, and here's what he said. I think I saw heaven opened and I saw the very face of God. And the only way he could express that is in song. Song is as old as creation and outlasted. Song is scattered all through history. Here's the final thought. Song is God's invitation to know Him. Song is God's invitation to know Him. Psalms 96 says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Why do you think it is that God so directly tells us to worship Him? Why do you think it is that God so emphatically and directly says to us, Worship me. Sing. Sing a new song. Sing to me. Sing to the Lord. I'll tell you why. Because it's good for us. It's good for us. It brings us closer to God. And it shapes who we are. Singing's not about performance. It's about community. It's about the community of Christ can you imagine what it sounds like in heaven this morning when this church will stand and sing and this church will sing and maybe this country, maybe America will worship somewhere between 8, eight, eight to noon today and the sounds that are rising into heaven from America and South America and Central America and Europe and Asia and Russia. Can you imagine what it sounds like as the entire earth is sounding off in song this morning, worshiping God, singing? Singing a new song. Can you imagine what that must sound like? I'd love to sit in heaven just for a minute. And just hear it. Just hear it. It pleases God. When we think singing is something that's for talented people. And the rest of us just listen. We become performance oriented. This is a performance. That's, that's one of our challenges in the American culture. This is for talented people. I'm not a talented person. Oh, my goodness. Look, when I first went to college to train for ministry, uh, it was still, it, we were still in the mode enough 
in the church that the thing you needed to be able to do to be a real minister is either you or your wife had to play the piano and one of you had to sing. Well, I'm telling you, we should have quit before we started. Because neither one of us can play nothing but a CD player, uh, and, and we can't sing nothing. Not that anybody wants to hear. But that's that kind of categorization that we're given when we're performance-oriented. Congregational singing, I don't know if you know this or not, has nearly vanished in the American church. Because it's about performance and impression and talent and skill and how good somebody can be and how, how, how impressive they can be. And it becomes about all of that. Look how impressive our church is. The problem that we didn't intend is that you also reject everyone who can't sing and say, this isn't for you. This is for talented people. But wait, 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 wait. Song is not for talented people. Song is for God's people. Song is for God's people. And song was given to us by God as a way to connect with them. Do you think every one of those martyrs who looked down inside a Roman Colosseum and knew they were about to die and sang 2 Timothy, do you think every one of them could sing? Or was that song in their heart by the Holy Spirit? Was that song there, and did that song give them the courage to go on? Every one of them couldn't sing. We're a very consumeristic society, and we consume things, right? Entertainment is a form of consumption. This here that we're gathered under this morning is not an environment of consumption, and it's not an environment of entertainment. This is a worship service. The whole service. From 9 o'clock till we stop. This is a worship service. And everyone can participate in it. Our, our consumeristic culture shapes how we approach everything. We tend to approach everything as consumers because our culture is consumeristic. So when you approach church as a consumer, here's what you're tempted to do. You're tempted to consume, but not engage. You're tempted to consume, but not find the deeper meaning. You're tempted to consume, but not be changed. You're tempted to consume, but never meet God. Never meet Him. That's the whole purpose of the church. This is why God gave us songs, because He invites all of us to participate. He invites all of us to find Him, whether we can sing or not. The door's wide open. He wants us to be in on it. Look, everybody is welcome at Kingwood Church. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter if you don't know God. It doesn't matter if you're not a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're far away from God. None of that matters. Everybody is welcome at Kingwood Church. You don't even have to believe in God to be here. You're welcome to attend. You're welcome to observe. You're welcome to watch. And you're welcome to not participate at all. But now watch this. But if you are a follower of Jesus. It's not okay. It's not okay not to participate. 
It's not okay. It's not okay for you. It's not good for you to be a spectator and a consumer. It's not good for you to observe. It's not good for you to just watch. It's not good for you to not participate. It's good for your soul to pray. It's good for your soul to read the Bible. It's good for your soul to give. It's good for your soul to sing. It's good for your soul to worship. It's good for your soul to respond. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's good for your soul to engage God. And not just watch. Everybody else gets a pass. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you get no pass. You've been called by Him, not by me. I don't have the ability to call you. He called you. He named you. He invited you. It's not okay to not respond to that invitation. It's an invitation to worship. So we want our worship leaders. I'm going to ask our worship leaders to come. We want our worship leaders to lead you in worship. They're not here to put on a show. They're not here to do worship for you. It's not like, let all the talented people sing, and I'll watch. Do you have too much turkey? Are you out there? Every week, man, we prayerfully choose the songs we sing, and we say, God, what songs will best sing what you're saying? What songs will best sing what you're saying. And these songs have messages. And they echo what God's saying. And and, and we put them on our website. If you go to kingwoodchurch.com, you can go to the current series. And right there when you open it, we've already listed every song we're going to sing from now to the end of the year. All of them are there. Why? Because... We want to stand with Jesus and invite you. You can see right there. Right on the, there's 11 songs we're going to sing this month. Starting out at the end of the year. They're there. You can play them. You can put them on your phone. You can take them when you walk, when you ride in the car. You don't have to do that, but it, it'll help you familiarize. I do my devotions by those songs. When I do prayer walk, I, I use those. I walk and walk and I listen to them. And I let them get in my spirit. And I say, God, tell me what you're saying. I want to be connected to what you're doing. I want to be in on it. God, I hear you calling me. And I want to be in on it, man. I want to be in on it. That's why we do that. We do that so that you can be familiar with the songs. Now, let me ask you something. We've had this division, you know, in the church for too long. You know, the pastors do the ministry. The people watch. The singers sing people watch and we've kind of given way to talent or training or whatever but let me let me just propose a different philosophy let me just see if we can have a shift here in our church this morning what if God put talented people on earth not just to entertain us because let's face it talented people are very entertaining what if God put talented people on earth not to not to worship for us but to inspire us to worship ourselves. what if the God took the talent and put it down inside people like them so that it could come out and we could hear what song sounds like
We can hear what worship sounds like. We can hear an invisible call because it's been made visible through someone else. And we say, oh, yes. Have you ever heard a song and you said, that's true. That's true. That's what I'm going through. That speaks to me. I was riding in the car and I flipped the radio on and man, it was there. That's God's invitation. Look, I, I'm not, I can't sing, but I'm not going to let them sing for me. Nobody up here singing for me. I'm singing for me. Now, I'll turn the mic off when I do it. Just so we're clear. Don't need no solos for me. But I'm not going to let you worship for me. But when I hear you do it, it makes me want to do it. When I hear you sing, oh man, it makes me want to sing. Something in my soul says, yes! Yes, God's in that. And I want to, I want to, I want to open up my insides and say, God, here I am. So this morning, I was thinking about, I was thinking about some of you. You know, we we laugh and we all say, oh man, wasn't wasn't it great? Wasn't Thanksgiving great? Didn't we have a good time? Truth is, some of you didn't have a good time. Some of you worked through Thanksgiving. Some of you were around family members that were very, very difficult. Some of you had a bad time. Some of you going through a hard time. If you're here this morning and that's you, I want to encourage you. In a minute, we're going to sing. I just want to encourage you to sing. Some of you battling sickness. I want to encourage you this morning to sing. Just sing. Some of you got marriage problems. And just shut that out for a minute and sing. Some of you, the holidays aren't good for you. Thanksgiving was a warm-up and Christmas is going to be terrible. And you already know it. Man, just shut that out right now and sing. Some of you are struggling financially. Dealing with conflict. Struggling to know what to do next year. What are we going to do next year? I don't know. We're just kind of living a week at a time. I'm not sure where we're headed struggling with direction and in a minute would you just sing would you just hear God's invitation to know him and would you just sing I I promise you there's something true about it so you might be here this morning you're not even you're not even you say I don't even know if I have a relationship with God or not hey just sing just sing man God will love it it'll be your way to respond to it Sing, and you'll find God. Just sing, and you'll find it. It's a song here today. So I want to ask you to stand with me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing and and what I'm going to ask our prayer team to do is just you can stay where you are, but just be ready. All right, just be ready. I want you to do this. I want to ask the prayer team to come stand on the front row. You don't have to face out. Just come and stand on the front row. Whole prayer team, come on and stand right here on the front row. And just face this way. It's fine. Just stand there. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to sing. And when God moves on your heart, I just want you to come. And we're going to pray for you. Most of the people that come today 
just need you to put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. You might not even talk to them. You might not even talk to them. It's okay. Just put your hand on their shoulder and just be there and support and pray for them. But as we sing, when God moves on your heart, when you feel Him touch you, when you feel something inside start to change, I just want you to come and worship and let the prayer team pray with you. We'll be here to pray with you. That's all. We don't, we don't want anything from you. We just want to pray with you and encourage you. Lord, this morning, we turn our mind and our heart and our voice to you. We come to sing to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We come to lift our voice. We come to lift our hearts. We come to honor you and to adore you and give you all the praise and the worship that you deserve this morning. Lord, let this place be filled with the song of God. Let this place be filled with the, with the joy of heaven. Lord, we come to worship you this morning. Come on with your own voice. Just begin to say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I honor you. Lord, I worship you. I bless you today, God. Bless you.
re-engage the things that you've given us to do. God, I pray for peace. I pray for wisdom. I pray for guidance. I pray for your closeness. In Jesus' name. Great to have you here today. God bless you. Don't forget Scrooge on Friday night.